Ottoman and Roadblock. Time is nine minutes past two and you're listening to the one, two, three show with me, Sadia Osmani. Time now for my next guest. There must be something very special about a book if you pick it up and it's hard to put down. Undamaged, written by Jenny Bovart, is one of those books. It follows the inspirational journey of her son, Ben Kend, who became a quadriplegic following an accident while representing Hong Kong in rugby. Jenny is a mother, a psychology teacher, and has written a book that gives us an insight into the great challenges and experience of this journey. She joins me in the studio now. Good afternoon to Hello. you, Jenny. Thank you for inviting me, Sadi. Thank you very much for coming. You know, I, I must quote from your book right mm. now because this just came out to me. It says, as parents, we spend our lives trying to protect our children. And when they are damaged, all we want to do is rescue them. That hit home. Now, mm. what went through your mind when that accident happened? Complete and utter shock and numbness. We were numb for a very long time. And we just relied totally on the doctors in Bangkok. We were just completely shocked. Um, <clears throat> we went through a series of, you know, grief stages, really. Mm -hmm. um, denial, believing that Ben would be fine. I think that took about six months. Um, I got very angry. I got angry that he was taken to a domestic hospital, which denied him any chance of recovery. I was angry with myself for not reading the protocols. Um, you know, then afterwards, over the next several years, a um, little bit withdrawn and then finally just reached a stage of acceptance. How many years is that now? Um, I'd say it took about, it takes about five years. Wow. About five years. With spinal cord injury, the it usually takes the guys about five years to to get to the stage of acceptance. Maybe a bit shorter, but mm. that's mm. just from my observations, being in a spinal rehab centre in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite it, a quite an awful time for you I mean how do you cope with that it was very tough um, but the community were fantastic um, the wider community in Hong Kong family the the rugby community were fantastic Ben's friends were truly amazing they all came down to Australia one by oh, one fantastic. to support him um, and that's why one of the reasons why he's in, in such a good space now is because Hong Kong just stepped up and offered their incredible support and I'm you know I'll always be grateful for that they were truly amazing yeah mm. so what made you 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 wrote this book and when was the idea for the book was it something that was on your mind as um, you were going through well there's so much in misinformation about Ben um, you know they people were saying he broke his back he didn't he dislocated his spinal cord and when I was in rehab in Australia with so many mad and crazy people you know the demographic is 18 to 28 men mm -hmm. um, I, I, that was just so r ridiculous and quite hilarious uh, what they got up to I just knew I had to write it down um, and then there are so many social issues that I've raised in the book um, you know, uh, to explain what disability really is like, the discrimination that Ben has felt, and some, you know, others who are people with disability in Hong Kong. Um, you know, I've looked at resilience and the way it works, and all the latest research on resilience and post-traumatic growth, and um, so 
even the way we make decisions because I teach psychology I've you know given it a lot of thought about the way we made our decisions and um, so there are so many issues that I wanted to raise mm -hmm. and uh, social issues if you like uh, in the book yeah so how about you as a parent what kind of things were going through your mind because you know at the end of the day you are from the moment it all happened you were making decisions you were doing all that you thought was best there must be a lot of sort of guilt or blame or all sorts of emotions going through your mind it's really hard to make decisions when you're in this position mm. that's why we need really good protocols because you can't make decisions the part of the brain that makes decisions is dead when you are so emotional and we were trying but it was so difficult so it's impossible to make decisions when you are this emotional um it's it's hard to be rational um Sorry, what was the second part of your question? Yeah, just, you know, the types of emotions that were going through your mind <coughs> oh, yes. at the time. Uh, yes, multiple emotions, just shock, disbelief, grief, um, hope, a great deal of hope. We believed, and denial, we believed that Ben would recover. Um, all the people in the spinal recovery unit in Australia, um, <coughs> none of them could work, walk, but we just thought, Okay, no, Ben. Ben's going to walk. He's going to walk. Mm. Uh, so how was Ben through this time? I mean, you know, it's it, there's one role which is of a mother and a, you know parents who are trying to help their child through this. But for him, what was what kind of things was he going through at the time? Um, you know, he sounds like a real fighter in terms he, of he is, his whole. He is. I think his training as a, a, an athlete, because he'd played rugby for the Hong Kong uh, Academy, uh, it, he just applied all that um, focus that he'd applied as an athlete, because he really was a very focused athlete. He took himself off to all sorts of, not, not just rugby, multiple sports. Mm -hmm. um, he applied that focus to a more cognitive approach, which is what he has done since his accident. He's been studying, doing law, and so on. Um, he, I mean, I was there with him all day long, every day, for a year in his intensive care hospitals, and then in the rehab center all day, every day. Um, and he was just trying his best to get through it. Because that's a sudden change from him, from oh. being such an active sportsman to suddenly being confined to I one, know, one place. That's, that's was. quite drastic, isn't it? It was emotionally de debilitating, but Ben is a very strong person, and he has—he grew up. He was only 18. He grew up overnight, mm -hmm. and then what really helped um, was his friends coming down to Sydney in the rehab centre and being with him and talking it through with him. And he—he he did a lot of self-talk as well, mm -hmm. and uh, it's just a slow. A gradual step-by-step -step process um, where he the next step was studying and then the next step was traveling traveling Just one step at a time one step at a time it? you can't be looking I suppose too far into the future you just have to look at what you where you are and then move from there that's exactly right yeah and yeah. even even they went backpacking yes in a wheelchair um, Tell me about that. All That's laws a very gravity. interesting little extract you've got in the book there. Ah, it was very challenging. You know, they 
they had it was very challenging backpacking in a wheelchair um they went camping in the desert well he's certainly adventurous isn't he <laughs> I, that that's that was part of the um no holds approached um healing journey that he could do anything that nothing is impossible yeah. that was christopher reeve's book nothing is impossible yeah. and he just you know took it the the traveling helped him enormously because um, he just had a wonderful time. It sounds um, amazing. It yeah. really does. There's a lovely picture of him in the book, too. Um, you know, you mentioned you were talking about resilience. I found this very interesting mm. where, you know, when we all face a crisis, whether it's personal or whatever, you know, we just don't realize at the time just how much capability we have to be able to deal with it. So, you know, you mentioned when I was reading bits and pieces of the book, you mentioned that actually we all have it in us to get over some of these things and it's just how we do it. So tell me a little bit more about the kind of resilient side of things. Oh, well, I've been really lucky to teach that topic and um, the trouble with resilience was the previous research um, suggested that, you know, it's a psychiatric problem and you need psychiatric help to get over trauma because they'd only been looking at clinical patients who were getting psychiatric help. But now they've looked at many more people. They've looked at children in ghettos and, you know, most of them go up to be, grow up to be very high-functioning individuals. And so the latest research on resilience suggests that 90% of us will recover to our post-pre-traumatic selves. The guy who did the research his, was Dr. Bonanno. And um, that it's all in us because we are, as uh, human animals, we are very adaptive, so we can uh, adapt and move on to with you know trauma and and grief and tragedy and so on. And um, there has even been more research done on post-traumatic growth, um, where people step step up and go beyond themselves. For example, some of those um, people in the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. um, they quit their office jobs and became. Um, firemen and teachers and you know uh, ambulance guys and that's it's a kind of junction I suppose that you Mm. reach when you have gone through something as traumatic as that that it can't get any worse to a certain extent that you can change your life and have the courage to change your life and move forward absolutely yes yes and uh, as I as we said it has been a gradual process but you know Ben studied he traveled and now he's working as a lawyer and uh it's which is amazing absolutely amazing that you know he focused his mind and and he's practicing that's fantastic but a lot of this sadir it's not just his internal strength it is the community yeah it's the support around it him. is and friendship. obviously with a parent you know mm. you've obviously been there all along mm. and that i think is a huge thing and and i'm sure that you know children are the the kind of confidence that they have the way they grow up has a lot to do with the environment that they've been grown up you know that they grow up in and their parents and the encouragement and their self-esteem and all sorts Mm. of things i mean these things are absolutely vital aren't they absolutely and it's important to yeah you know we, we talk about unconditional positive regard don't we and also children need to be able to embrace failure and move on. I mean, that's an important part of resilience. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Now, when, you know, through this book, obviously, you're doing talks every, with people, you're telling people more about it. I suppose the kind of common thing that comes out is that everyone is just wowed by it and they think, oh, that's so inspirational, that's amazing. How could you do that? So how do you feel about that? I know, I know you kind of mm. mentioned a little mm. bit about yeah. it's very easy for people to say that, you know. They say that because um, while they have empathy, they can't imagine what they would do in that situation and they think he's amazing but actually most people are amazing most people do have the ability to bounce back that's what all the resilience research is suggesting and it's not that we need clinical help it's just that we need love and attention and we take them out and we make them aware that we're all comfortable with the what we call the new normal Mm. yeah the mm. new normal so you know we just when he was in rehab he didn't get a lot of psychiatric help we just took him for picnics and we took him for ferry rides and we went up to the movies and we just got back into a so, new normal that's yeah. all yeah. yeah and how about for you um you know because he's going through an awful lot but at the same time there must be a lot of stress on you and you know how is there support available for you? Was there any support as you were going through this? Um, <clears throat> well, I was only, my husband and I are only concerned about our children, that the, the girls were very upset, that they got support, that Ben got support. We weren't too worried about ourselves. My husband is extraordinarily resilient. I found it very tough. It took me quite a, a few years to bounce back, but I'm totally bounced back. Um, and... Yeah, it was the community, the friends, the family that helped me get through. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Just hard. Now, have you mm. ever considered the risks in playing rugby and how does Ben feel about it now? It's a good question. Um, if you ask Ben that question, he would say that the, the worst that he thought could happen would be that he would break his leg. So there are rugby quadriplegics, but and honestly, the reason that we know them is because we are in the rehab circuit. That's the reason we know them, we're friends with them. But it is so rare, this kind of accident is so rare, it's like one in 300,000. The chances of a catastrophic injury in rugby are extremely rare mm. um yeah so i hadn't even thought about the risks to be honest i hadn't thought about it and that was his thought mm. and how does he feel about rugby now oh he loves rugby he absolutely loves rugby more than ever and he and his father text each other during the matches and he gets invited to all the matches in sydney mm. he loves rugby and we should all go to the sevens and support rugby next november as well mm -hmm. yeah absolutely now yeah. if you were looking back at some of the things that you went through i mean it's been a number of years and you've gone through all sorts of things like is there something that you would change or that you would like in place that might have helped you well i mean the sporting injuries protocols have all changed in hong kong subsequent to ben's accident um english schools foundation I mean, everybody noticed. The community took notice. It was it was quite a, a rocking thing for the Hong Kong community. The rugby union, their protocols are exemplary now. Um, so 
it was mostly the protocols that I wanted to see changed, mm. um, and they have. That's mm. great. Mm. Now, tell me a little bit about the book. So the book is now available to people? It arrives in the book's shops on Saturday. Okay, so that's just uh, very soon. So tell me exactly, just give me a, a, a little idea about the kind of things that you cover in the book. Okay, well, it's published pro bono by Sheriff Books. Uh, all the funds are going to, not funds, donations, are mm -hmm. going to Spinal Research. Uh, and uh, I cover the accident, what happened, right all the way through. It's actually a chronological book okay. of, of the journey. From the moment it happened. That, that's then. exactly right. Uh -huh. um, and there was, yeah, so the issues that I, the social issues that I raise, you know, I've already mentioned. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it, I hope that it gives inspiration to people who go through tough times, you know, like we did. I hope so. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, I was just looking through it and, um, you know, it, it's not just the, the kind of backpacking that Ben has been involved in. He's done all sorts of things, hasn't he? Because I think there was a quote where he said that, you know, being deflated in life was not an option. So mm -hmm. what kind of things has he been up to since? It's after, re well, he spent a year in hospitals and uh, spinal rehab, which was a very crazy experience, as I outline in the book, um, bank robbers, Six workers. Oh, <laughs> it was quite an education. Um, then he went to university, and you know that was really hard because he had to make friends as a quadriplegic for the first time. And he did. He did. He made friends, and he went to St John's College, and the kids were fantastic. And I think he gave them a new sense of um, of uh, grounding, if you like. So it was good for him. It was actually the making of him mm. going to college, mm. living in. And I lived upstairs in the staff quarters until he'd settled into a routine. Mm. And uh, then um, after his studies, he, he got a job in law. So he hasn't looked back. You know, you, you can't change the past. No. You can only change the future. And that's what we're trying to do. You know, here in Hong Kong, it's quite tough for people with disability. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what kind of problems yeah. do you think there are and what's the solutions to Well, I mean, we work very closely with this, our sister charity, Direction Association, and they can't work. They can't get jobs because if they get jobs, especially the people in wheelchairs, they lose their... Um, therapy, they lose their... All the benefits. The benefits, and so they yeah. don't work. So what they do is they recreate. And uh, that's something that we really need to work on. We need to work on more change in Hong Kong um, mm. so that it's a better place for people with disability. There is discrimination, and I describe it in the book, um, but we want to make Hong Kong a better place for people with disabilities. So now... Um You've got the book and it's coming out on Saturday. What other things have you got planned in the next few months or in the next year? Because now, you know, has the pandemic affected you drastically? Um, yes, I've, I've lost work, you know, because I teach. But that's okay. Um, I think I'll just focus on my, my teaching and I'm going down to Australia to see Ben and Bella. And of course, now I'm going to be quarantined 
for uh, much longer. So mm. that's something that I need to really look at. Mm. I've got two children in Australia and one in England. All right. So um, that's that's what the next year will bring. Yeah. yeah. So just uh, just to end with, let me just ask you, like, with all your experiences, what do you think has been the thing that you have, uh, you know, what has changed you? What has made you different to what you were before? I always thought life was linear and it isn't always linear. Um, but I think friendship and love and community support has just been the thing that has provided incredible scaffolding. Mm. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, it mm. sounds like you've had a lot of good support around Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And you can't Tremendous. stress that more. You have no idea what some of the individuals have done. They've rode the Atlantic. They've done all sorts of amazing trips. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Jenny, thank you very okay. much for coming into the studio Great. today. It's been lovely talking to you, and I wish you luck with the book. Thank you very much. Um, it's 2.30 now. We're just going to go cross over to the newsroom for the news headlines.